This is the How Did You Get Into That Podcast with Grant Baldwin, episode 63. Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That Podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant. It's great to have you here with us. We've got a great show for you today. Excited to have you here with us. Really means a lot. I hope you're doing well. Hope life is treating you good. Last week, we opened and closed enrollment for our new Clarity course. So we've got a ton of people already in that that are going through the material, that are learning, that are discovering what it is that they were uh, finding just work that they love. So really excited about that. We are going to be opening enrollment again in another, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be several months. So when we open up again, I don't want you to miss out if you if you missed out this time around. So that's going to be coming at you soon. So uh, we got some great plans for 2015, some stuff I'm really, really stoked about and can't wait to share with you, but it's going to be coming at you real soon. But before we get into uh, all of that stuff, let's get into today's interview. We're, we're joined uh, by my friend Chris Guthrie, uh, who runs a website, entrepreneurboost.com. Uh, the guy's been involved in a lot of different things to do online. He has bought and sold different websites. He's really he's doing a lot right now with uh, buying and selling stuff through Amazon, uh, which we talk a, lot, a, a little bit about today. Uh, and then we also uh, he does a lot of stuff with with WordPress and WordPress plugins, and so he's got his hands in, in a couple different things. So I think it's a and it's always valuable to hear that and someone that's not doing just one thing. So let's get into it. Here's my interview with Chris Guthrie of the website entrepreneurboost.com. Enjoy. <music> All right, what is up? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by my friend, Chris Guthrie, who runs a website, entrepreneurboost.com, who uh, he's got his hand in a bunch of different stuff. So excited to uh, dive into his story and share his journey with you today. So Chris, what is up, my man? How you doing? Hey, thank you so much for having me. And actually, I'm glad that we got to meet in person finally this year after knowing, I know, going back and forth on emails. Yeah, we've talked yeah. for a while. <laughs> and uh, I, I know... I was out in your area a couple times and we just missed each other, but we were uh, randomly at the same event a couple months ago in uh, New Orleans and uh, able to cross paths at FinCon. So it was, uh, it was good to, to finally connect. So good to, good to get you on the show, man. Yeah, thank you. You're an on- online entrepreneur and you've got your hand in a, in a bunch of different things, but tell us what exactly is it that you do? Yeah, so I run a couple different businesses now and there's a bunch of different ways that I make money from different types of internet businesses, such as software products that we create, WordPress plugins specifically. We have some desktop software type stuff. And then I run websites, I buy and sell websites, and then I look at you know opportunities to buy websites within our existing businesses to kind of grow more quickly as opposed to starting something from scratch. You can always build something from scratch versus if you can buy, you have an advantage to, you know, you can skip a lot of that early stage stuff. And then also too, I'm selling physical products on Amazon. So I probably do I mean, ultimately, as if I were a listener listening to myself talk about this stuff, I'd say this guy's doing too much. You should focus on a few other things. <laughs> but you know, I've been trying to do that for five years now, and I guess that's just might be that's maybe what I do is different different stuff. <laughs> Which you know, at the same time, I think that's helpful for people to hear because I think a lot of people, most people are wired where it's like I don't have one singular interest. There's a lot of things that sound intriguing and appealing to me, and and you know, given the nature of of what I do as a speaker, I also have a podcast, and even what we were doing, you know, we were talking a little offline earlier on a couple of things you're involved in that I've had some experience with that are intriguing to me that are completely unrelated to the speaking or the podcast. So I think I think everybody we're just wired with a bunch of different things that it's just 
just I think it's just that balance of that shiny object center where it's like, oh, I see that. Let's go try that versus just like, all right, let's just, you know, let's stay focused. Let's stay on this thing until we get this working. But it sounds like for you, you you've tried a couple different things. They work and I'm sure they each at various stages of life take up different parts of the of the whole pie for you in terms of how much time and energy and, and what kind of return you're getting on your time. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, with, I will say to touch on that point that, you know, if you're listening and there's something that you're doing right now, and you have a little bit of traction. I mean, if you think that it can be, you know, if your goal is to quit your job, you know, if you think that it can be, be there, you really have to try and not get distracted by other stuff. I mean, I like to, I mean, I know that I'm doing a lot of different things. And I'm the guy saying, don't do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> do do uh, as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the stuff that I've done, it's like after, okay, this, uh, this is getting up and doing well, for example, you know, for example, I was making money with Amazon's affiliate program and then got fired from my day job. And, and then I was like, okay, I have all this extra time. So my, I might as well write about this. Right. And that's why I started blogging, you know, a little over five years ago. And then, okay, now, now this is going all right. Or I sold this business and I have time to do new stuff. And so, so it's kind of a continual evolution, I suppose. But and then also to making sure that if you do have something that's doing well, to not just you know let it die off by doing something completely new. So I've, I've and the way I've kind of helped with that is hiring people to help. Yeah. So well, let's. I want to get into that in a bit. Let's backtrack a little bit. So yeah, uh, <laughs> when you you've got your hands in a bunch of different things, and it sounds like like one of your primary core skill sets is just being able to to make money, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. You know, I think there's some people that just have that ability to they can see things that they see an opportunity there or a gap in the market or something, and are able to figure out how to connect the dots in order to generate revenue or generate a profit from it. Is that something that's always just come naturally to you, or where, where does that come from? I mean, I don't think it's kind of naturally. I mean, I, before I've been, I mean, I've been doing this now for a little over half a decade full time, just different things and then growing business each year over year. But, you know, before that, you know, I tried a lot of different things. I tried, well, we could, I can go into it for a while, but I, I tried for a long time, several years doing different things. And so it wasn't something that necessarily came naturally, but I like to think that I eventually, like I felt my way to eventual success. And so that then through blogging and talking to other people, the goal is to try and make their journey not take as long as mine did, right? So that's kind of my goal, basically. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so let's let's backtrack. So growing up, you're in Washington now. Did you grow up out there? Yeah. What did you want to do? What was life like growing up? Uh, it was, I mean, middle class family, but uh, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. From a very early, early age, I was reading business sections and paper and uh, investing in stocks in the sixth grade and using like, you know, birthday money and all this, all the other stuff I would save because I wouldn't spend it on anything. Yeah. That's, so, that's I funny. So I remember been, like, I remember yeah. I was, I was the same way, like growing up, like my, uh, I remember in, I think it was like a second or third grade class and somehow we were doing some project related to the stock market. And, uh, I remember at the time I stumbled across, uh, Warren Buffett's, uh, Berkshire Hathaway. And, and I was like, oh, this is a jackpot people. How do they, how do these people? Cause everyone else is looking at these small little socks and I'm seeing these massive numbers. And, uh, I just remember just being fascinated by that. So for you, like were your, were your parents entrepreneurs? No, they weren't actually. They're, they will have regular jobs. So what was it then that appealed to you about entrepreneurship? If, if you're coming from a world that's just, you know, that your parents are just normal working class parents. I don't know. I think I just always liked the idea of kind of steering my own ship and trying to control which direction I want to go rather than having someone tell me what I could do or couldn't do. Right. But I don't know. I guess that maybe 
appeal to me at a young age. I don't know that. I don't really thought about it too much. <laughs> I'm going to make you think on this show. Okay. <laughs> no, no surface answers today. So whenever you're, you're growing up, you're fascinated by, you know, entrepreneurship, fascinated by steering your own ship and doing your own deal. What's kind of your plan after you are, are starting to reach the point where you, you got to do something in terms of a career? What are you doing at that point? Yeah. So initially I thought, Hey, let me do something that I'm passionate about. So I did, I, I worked as a, I had to get a job because, you know, online stuff wasn't, I wasn't even really doing that well until yet. Um, but I got married in uh, 2006 and uh, I did, I did game testing at Microsoft for a year. Cause I thought, you know, I'm going to follow my passion and go after something. Cause I was, I liked playing video games. I still enjoy it, but I don't play as, as often. And so I, I worked as a game tester on, um, Halo 2 for a Windows PC. They did they like a port for the PC and then an Age of Empires game. So I don't know if anyone's a gamer is listening. In what, the audience, but. what was that like? Because I, I hear from a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of people I talk to that have brought that up as something that they'd be interested in. And like, man, you know, if you can get paid to play video games, that seems like you're living the dream. So what what was that like? Yeah, I mean, it, so it is like that, right? I mean, I it was, it was weird because we'd go there and go up to the Millennium E building in Microsoft and Redmond for anyone that's in that area. But, you know, we'd, we'd uh, drive up there. I, I don't know. I just heard that, that this job was available. And then I just reached out to my network of people to see if there's anyone that knew anything about it. And then I found like a, through a friend of a friend that was working at Microsoft for Bungie at the time on Halo, the Halo series. And that's the game that I like to play a lot. I said, Hey, I basically just found who this person was and just called them, right? And I said, hey, how can I get started doing what you're doing? And I think that that's probably maybe even a start starting point of early, you know, entrepreneur type stage, right? I think that a lot of times, too, if you want to do well with your career or, or whatever you're trying to do business-wise or through a job, you've got to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. I think that most people won't just call someone randomly that has some job they like and say, hey, how do you... How can you do this right. and and help me do it as well? But I think that you have to do that to push yourself past what most other people do, which is just think, oh, it'd be great to be a, a game tester, it'd be fun, and then do nothing about it. Right now, so once I got that job, come to find out, I actually found the pay stub, and I was kind of write a blog post about it, but I had a pay stub from four hundred twenty dollars was my paycheck after, you know, social security and all that taken out for a week of work as a game tester back in 2007 or, or whatever it was. Big money, big money. <laughs> yeah. So, and then ultimately too, I found, yeah, I went and worked at Bungie's headquarters, again, the Halo people for a week on Halo 3, anyways, doing the game testing. And I, I, while I was there again, I was like, okay, how do I get into doing this full time and actually making pretty good money? Because I know that the people that are actually making games and are doing, you know, they're they're making pretty good money. And I talked to one of the testers and I said, so how many full time testers do you have here at Bungie? And he's like, oh, oh, just me actually. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I guess this is not the <laughs> career path for me because everyone else is just an artist or a programmer. So I didn't have those skill sets. And after my year contract was up. I said, okay, time to leverage my marketing degree 
And so I went into sales. <laughs> but I like that, you know, I like one of the things you said earlier there of I saw someone doing something that I wanted to do and I just asked them. And that's the point of this whole show is how did you get into that? You know, and that question that we ask other people, and I like the way that you phrased it too, that, you know, you can either ask them, how did you get into that? And then you can follow that prescribed path or you can be like, hey, how did you get into that? Oh, that's a cool story. And then you just continue on and don't actually do anything with it. And so, you know, if people are telling you like, this is the path to take to get to that thing that you want to do, then, uh, you know, which, which is a great way to figure out what that thing is, because there's no need to reinvent the wheel when you've got people that are already where you want to be. So just talking to them, uh, and again, it is a step outside of your, your comfort zone, but uh, it's such a great way to figure out what is the, the path of least resistance to get into the, doing the thing that you want to do. Yeah, definitely. And I think the, the other thing too, actually, is one of my pet peeves is when, and this is why I don't do this anymore, but when people would say, hey, can I take you out to lunch and pick, pick your, your brain? brain or yeah. Something? yeah, right. So I used to do those types of lunches and stuff. And I ultimately, most of those people weren't doing anything. I know that's not like, you know, it's a blanket statement. And so I'm certain not, not everything like that. But I, I got really frustrated by basically giving free, very high value consulting to people um, that I wasn't charging for other than, you know, a $15, $20 lunch right. and then, then not doing anything. And so that's why I actually don't even do lunch type things anymore. I just kind of say, email me. And if it's too long, I won't reply to it because <laughs> people write books sometimes. Yes. And then, yeah, now I've just been experimenting with like clarity or something. So people can just call it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> Interesting. You leave the video game testing world and then you go into going to sales. What kind of stuff are you selling? IT, I was an IT reseller. So we were doing hardware and software for medium to large businesses. And then my area was in Southern California. So is that what, uh, is that what you wanted to do? Or is that just kind of like, well, at this point, I just need a job. So I'll, I'll just take whatever. I mean, it was more just, you know, okay, uh, this following your dream thing. I didn't clearly make the right <laughs> choices for if I went to work in, in games. And so I thought, okay, let me see, you know, what I can do that actually leverages is my my marketing degree. And also to, for the most part, like any, if you can sell something, that's, then you, you're set. Like, cause there's always jobs for selling something. True. You know, I, some of my friends that are still kind of in that same space and that have gone on are doing, you know, in the, well into the six figures income from their sales because they're, you know, they're outside sales reps and they've been doing really well and kind of continuing to grow and companies are constantly trying to get them to come work for them because there's a demand for people that can sell, you know, some of these things are multi-million dollar type things. Right. <laughs> and so clearly there's huge profit margins. And so, yeah, I mean, I think selling something is a skill worth learning in any space. Now, the funny thing is that I didn't, yeah, I worked there for two years before I got fired, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was just selling it you know, hardware and software type stuff. So at this point, I mean, it sounds like, you know, it's okay. It's paying the bills, but it's nothing like that's super glamorous or something that you're really super into. So you're, at what point are you starting to do some of the, the affiliate stuff and the Amazon stuff on the side? Yeah. So I'd, I've been doing website stuff even during the game testing and, and this type of stage, you know, I was doing, I had some video game type forums. And um, this is another thing I learned too, is that you really got to, and these are all kind of hindsight lessons. And I think that lessons now that there's a lot more people that blog and talk about this stuff. Most people can hopefully avoid, but uh, I was doing, you know, these video game forums and I quickly discovered that unless you're really huge, you're not going to make a ton of money. I think I had half a million page views a month on one of my sites and which is quite a bit of traffic. Right. 
but uh, I only made like $500 from AdSense. Okay. And so I thought, okay, I have to find a way to get, <laughs> this is another like the moment, but I have to find a way to get traffic that's more valuable. And so that's when I started thinking about, you know, maybe I can do product review websites. And so I started doing some research and then because I was already kind of a, a nerd type tech guy, I thought, okay, I'm going to do different types of product review websites around the, in the technology space. And so that's when I started doing th- those while I was still working at that uh, job. And so the primary revenue from that is on uh, affiliates on the product review websites? Yeah, yeah. Amazon's affiliate program. And so for someone that may not be familiar with it, walk us through how does that work? You review something and what is an affiliate? How are you making money on that? Yeah. So one of the larger sites that I, I sold, I can give you a link at the, the end of the show for show notes or something, but it was a type review site and ended up selling it for a lower six-figure deal in 2010, which was great because then it gave me some capital to go and do other things. But during that time, that was actually part of what helped me be able to to leave my corporate career behind. But but the site basically was, you know, you, you build up a site around a specific topic and then it's called Amazon Associates. If you were to Google it, that's how you can find it. And you basically earn starting at 4% up to 8.5% of the sale for selling something on Amazon, referring someone to amazon.com. And then for the next 24 hours after they click the link, they are you're going to get a commission on what people buy. And so that's basically the basic premise. And then again, because I'm thinking about you know, how can I differentiate rather than just doing what everyone else is doing, which was they they build up their review site, they might do some SEO tricks, and then just basically look at what CNET is writing, one of these large tech sites, and then rewrite or write it in a different way, or you know, write a review based on something that I've actually seen. I said, actually, I'm going to just find, I'm going to find these companies and then have them send me these products to review. And so that's kind of what I did. I just looked for a company name, PR contact, or a press release. And oftentimes, if you can find who's writing the press release for a company, uh, there's always the name of the PR person at the bottom of those. Often, at least, and then you can find someone that you just start calling people, right? So you're just then, you're just re- you're reviewing, recommending products of all different types. But then, for you, the win is uh, being able to send them to a specific link where you're you're getting a permission or a commission on whatever that they purchase. Definitely, but initially, the larger site I was was the one where I was doing the calls and all that. And uh, yeah, I mean, so it was just another way of, okay, how can I differentiate from the competition? And that's actually like a theme that I've tried to hold on to for any website that I build now is I don't want to be a me too entry, right? I mean, if you are out trying to build a website and you say, oh, here's someone doing this, this thing, I should do the exact same thing, except not even necessarily as good as them, then ultimately you're going to fail, right? You have to think about what you can do that's different in a way that matters to your target market. And that's it's kind of more of a marketing one-on-one thing, but I think that a lot of people mess that up. I messed that up when I first started. I thought, oh, okay, I, there's these people that are talking about internet business. And even though I have no experience, people will read my blog. Nope. <laughs> right, right. Once you're you're doing that a little bit on the side and it sounds like it's it's going okay, it's starting to, to gain a little traction, you're doing the sales stuff. You're at the sales company, you know, doing the, the tech stuff for, you said two years? Yeah, two years. What was the story behind you getting fired? Yeah. So that's a lesson in not telling anyone that you either like to listen to podcasts like Grant's here <laughs> or, you know, cause you're, you don't want to let people know that you're not, you know, you're not fitting into the norm, right? You're not looking to be a lifer at a company right. and continue working there forever. Uh, and so the m- crucial mistake I made was telling 
I was an inside sales rep and I was working with an outside sales rep based in California. And the mistake I made was to tell him that I had this website that was making, you know, oh, it's making a few thousand bucks a month now. And oh man, I said five thousand dollars. Yeah, those things aren't good to say because <laughs> uh, it indicates that you're not as passionate about working for the company and right. doing everything you can possible. And so, yeah, ultimately, I'm sure that he got me fired, uh, which is I don't grant him any ill will because one of my goals, almost part of that, because I thought I was pretty good at my job. I just didn't want to work an extra 30 hours a week or whatever to make an extra thousand bucks right. on my paycheck. <laughs> Not to say that it wouldn't necessarily have been necessary, but but yeah, anyway, so the goal was, okay, let's see what I can do in this first full year after this now, just because yeah, I lost my job making too much money for my, my side business, which was more than my day job income at the time to really qualify for unemployment or anything like that. And I'm not going to go find another job real quick. So I'll just give this a go full time. So then, for you, whenever you got yeah. fired, it was, it was not a sad thing necessarily. It was sure it was a, a kick in the pants initially, but it was more of a, like an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to be ashamed. I mean, I, I had a little tears there. I mean, I think anytime you get punched in the gut like that, even if your ultimate goal is to go off and do your own, business is still like hard, right? To think sure. that, you know, that I thought, you know, okay, I've got to rethink, you know, I, of course, so any state, well, I'm not sure how it is in, in the state you might be listening from, but at least in Washington, they don't have to say why you got fired or anything like that. They can just kind of do whatever. I think it's an at will or whatever the, the term is. I don't know. In any case, they didn't say why, but that's, you know, putting the piece together and, and all that, that's kind of why. But uh, yes, I gave myself a, yeah, I got fired in October, 13th, I kind of celebrate each year by fireversary, <laughs> uh, trying to get the term to catch on, but it hasn't yet been recognized in Google. I suppose I should make, make the definition, write the definition on Urban Dictionary or something. You got to incorpor- <laughs> incorporate that. So for you, even today, like it's something that you, you know, you celebrate it. And again, like you said, at the time, it's a, it's a punch to the gut. You're like, what the crap just happened? But now it's like, man, I, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me, which I, you know, I, I hear that a lot from people who experience, you know, some type of situation or, you know, I don't want to use the word necessarily tragedy. It sounds almost too harsh, but just something that just like didn't go nearly according to plan that at the moment just sucks. But then later you look back and you're like, man, that was, I don't know that I'd be doing what I'm doing today had that not happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, while I was working at that job, I more than, I almost doubled my, my income from the time I first started. I started at 31,500 base salary before I was a, a rep, just doing like the rent, like you have to do the, the random calls and stuff. Right. People just kind of call in and then going beyond that, got promoted a couple of times, did well, got a couple of awards at the company. This is, that's part of the reason why it was frustrating to get fired. But, but yeah, I mean, it was, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, after that I said, okay, let me see what I can do. And I ended up more than doubling my day job income in my first full year doing it. So it was definitely worth Nice. So you're, so you're, you're doing the Amazon affiliate stuff. Obviously that's going well. And then you, you try that for a little bit that gets up and running. What's the next thing you, you try online? Yeah. I mean, the next thing was, yeah, I, I said, okay, this is, I think as far as I can go, but maybe someone else can take this even further. And so let me just sell this. And so this kind of goes, I went to, and this is actually all the reason why I was frustrating is I went to this conference. Um, it was a $5,000 conference, like a higher level, like a lot of pretty successful people that were there. Actually, yeah, I could name, name a few of these people, I guess, if you'd like, but it was, you know, it was kind of like a goal. I think that that's something that's important too, is if you're, if you're at a certain stage in your business 
and you want to try and get to the next stage. Ultimately, trying to, to meet as many people that are at that stage or above you're trying to get to is, is important. Yeah. And so one of the people I met there, or just through the alumni network of the people that have been going to these conferences, they'd already sold a company through an investment banker before. And so I reached out to him and said, hey, who did you use to do this? Because I like to do that same thing. <laughs> right, right. It's like a theme right now of this, of this podcast. And so he gave me the contact information. I reached out and then they said, you know, this is the cool part. This is where I knew that going to this event was worth it. They said, you know, normally the size of your business, we're usually selling seven figure web businesses on up, but yours is not in that range. But because you've gone to this conference, I know there's a lot of successful people that come from it. I'm sure that down the line, you'll have a business that's going to sell that's more in our sweet spot. And so we'll help you sell this one. So nice. And so they did. So they, they helped me sell it. And there's a lower six figure deal in 2010, which was great because I was then a little after a year of being after getting fired from my job to selling that site and then using that capital to do other stuff. Nice. Very good. What was the other stuff then that you tried after that? I went into doing, you know, I did other types of websites. And also I started to shift into trying software. So the very first WordPress plugin that we did was uh, Easy Amazon, and it's an Amazon affiliate plugin that helps with making it easier to put Amazon affiliate links on your site. So it's kind of, again, taking personal experience, which is my frustration with the ability to make links more quickly. Right. And then putting it into WordPress so it's faster. Right. So that was the, the first, that was one of the things I did. And then again, yeah, I thought, okay, how can I find someone that can write a WordPress plugin? Well, let me just go to WordPress meetup and then just almost make an announcement and or talk to the organizers of the event. Who do you know that's local that makes WordPress plugins? Because I didn't want to make the mistake of using overseas developers on this specific business. I mean, I've used them before in the past, but I wanted to know the person that I met and then you know, we've since gone on, we've actually formed a business together, the guy that I worked with initially. Yeah. Uh, and then I, you know, I went out to lunch with him in Seattle before I hired him to work on that, on that, uh, plugin. And so it seems like, again, like you kind of alluded to, there's a real theme of figuring out what it is that you want to do, finding someone that's doing something similar and then just going and, and asking them and talking to them and, and asking specific questions. Um, just figuring out what is it that they have done? What is it that's worked and trying to learn something from them? So is that what you did with the with the plugin as well of, of finding people that had already done plugins and then just figuring out how do you even make a plugin? Like, where do you even begin to do something like that? Just finding other people that had done it? Yeah, I mean, I mainly just found, I, I mainly, the, the main thing I think was just finding someone that could actually write the plugin. So I did some research to see who had written the plugin similar. And then the Nick, who is the guy that I ended up working with hiring, he had already done an Amazon affiliate plugin about, you know, a, kind of a different one. And so I thought, okay, already has experience with Amazon's APIs or whatever to to be to do this. And so then I, that's part of the reason I went with them. And then, yeah, there were ultimately growing pains in the on the way of, of selling it. But because I started my blog after I lost my job and started doing it full time, I started to get a little gathering of readers, and then I was able to to at least recoup my costs on the initial launch and then some. And then that one's been doing you know, pretty well since then. Whatever. How long did it take with that plugin before you really got some traction with it? I mean, it, so from pretty much from the first launch, it started doing all right. And then, yeah, I don't share the specific numbers because now Nick actually is a business partner in that business with EGA's on and much other plugins that we do. And uh, he's not as vocal about sharing revenue type things like I do on my blog. Right. But yeah, I mean, it, it didn't take too long to actually start doing well. It was certainly like, pretty much the initial launch. Like I was saying, that was, that was enough to 
pay for the cost and then also make a little bit of profit. Right. Let me ask and you this. Then, yeah. So, so you, you know, you did the affiliate stuff for a little bit and then you uh, are doing the plugin stuff and then you, you know, I know you're doing some Amazon FBA stuff. You're doing, so you were buying and selling some websites as well. So how do you decide when you've got a bunch of different interests, a bunch of different opportunities that seem appealing? How do you pick and choose what is, is worthwhile to pursue versus which is going to be a distraction? That's a great question. So what I'll do primarily is I'll look at what the opportunity is, what my interest level is, because I want to make sure that it's something I'm really passionate about. At this point, you know, over five years now of doing this stuff, I, I can't force myself to do something that I don't enjoy now. Uh, it has to be something that I enjoy. Do you, do you, it, to jump in, do you feel like, do you feel like you discover some of those things that you enjoy or don't enjoy just by, just by trying a bunch of things? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I know kind of ahead of time what I think will be interesting and what won't be. Um, just kind of based on whatever service knowledge I might glean about whatever it is, whatever business it might be. But I mean, there's always kind of downsides to any business you start, but, but yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of initially what I do. And then also now too, because I've been doing pretty well business wise for several years, it's now it's like, okay, well, what can I do to grow even further? And so it's kind of like the social network type thing where he's like, you know, million dollars isn't cool, a billion dollars is cool, right? So now for me, it's like six figures is cool, but how do I get to seven figures, right? How do I grow a business and then build a team and really try and scale much larger? And so that's kind of, and so now it's more of a matter of looking at the opportunities that can actually get to that point. So that's where software, FBA and and stuff like that, they meet those. And so that's why I'll continue doing those. So it's more about how to grow even further than, than we are now. Nice. Totally makes sense. Yeah, I get that where you, you know, when you're starting off in any, whether you're starting off in a new career, or you're starting off in some entrepreneur endeavor, or whatever the thing may be, you know, it's easy to look way, way, way down the line and see someone that, that may be massively successful. But it sounds like for you, what you've done is just kind of look at the person that's maybe one rung up the ladder than you are rather than looking at the top of the ladder. And so what's what's the next thing I need to do to get to move up one spot in the ladder, so to speak. And again, whether that be in a career or whether that be in a business, but just instead of feeling like I've got to, I've got to create this massive operation overnight that is no, no, no. Right now, this is where we are. And I'm just trying to figure out what's the next level I need to get to. So maybe, maybe it all goes back to your, uh, your video game testing days of just getting to the next level. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I, yeah, I look, I'll look to see what the people are at the top level just to have an awareness of what to be done. Right. But then it's like, okay, what do I do to get to the first point of doing something? Right. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it, I know there's, you know, we have a WordPress software business and I know that there are WordPress software businesses that do multiple seven figures per year and have teams of dozens of people. And so I know that there's the potential in the market to do a similar thing. And so it's, but you know, there's going to, it's going to take some time to get to that point. Yeah. And likewise too, you know, I know people that are doing exceptionally well with FB, Amazon FBA, program. And so now it's like, okay, how do I go from where I'm at now to where they are? Right. Good stuff, man. Hey, if people want to learn more about you, where can we go? Where can we uh, check out your, your blog? I know you've got a podcast as well. Uh, send us somewhere where we need to be. Yeah. So entrepreneurboost.com is my, is my blog. And then boostwp.com is the WordPress software business. And then we'll have a podcast there soon. It's not quite live yet, but uh, it's kind of more focused on people that are building businesses and doing well with WordPress specifically. So more on the blogging and uh, building WordPress type content sites and stuff. Nice. Beautiful. Uh, Well, we will, uh, we'll be sure and send people that direction. So Chris, good talking to you, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll look to catch up with you again soon. Thanks, Grant. 
right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, with Chris Guthrie of EntrepreneurBoost.com. As always, feel free to go by GrahamBaldwin.com. You can download the uh, the show notes, links, everything we discussed there, anything that we want to check out that we we uh, mentioned on the show. Uh, you can feel free to find again at GrahamBaldwin.com slash Chris Guthrie. You know, one of the things I like that, that Chris and I talked about was he said that the importance and value of learning from others, you know, finding someone who's doing something in a way that you want to do it and learning from them. I, I think that is so, so critical because, you know, a lot of times we're not really sure what we want to do or what would be a good fit for us in terms of a career, in terms of a business until we see someone else doing it. And oftentimes once we find someone else that's doing it and not only that, but doing it in a way that we would like to do it, oftentimes it resonates, it clicks, we I can identify with it and connect with it. Ah, that's it. That's what I want to do. Uh, so for him, even whenever he was trying to figure out the uh, the video game thing and uh, finding someone who's doing it is like I how do I do that I want to do what you're doing you're not harassing them or stalking them you're just you're you know he's giving them a shout and in your case maybe your next step is to maybe you're finding someone online who's doing something similar or, or emailing someone or calling someone and and you'd be like, hey this may be totally awkward but I'm curious can you tell me more about what you do or how how did you get into that if you want to steal the question so uh, really great stuff there and and really appreciate uh, Chris sharing his story and journey hey as always. Feel free to email me anytime. Anytime I can uh, support you, grant to grantbaldwin.com. If you're uh, kicking anything around, you're wrestling with something, you want some feedback or uh, someone else's uh, two cents, my two cents isn't worth much, but I'm happy to share it with you. So grant to grantbaldwin.com or uh, feel free to catch me on Twitter at Grant Baldwin. All right. Hey, also, if you haven't, be sure to uh, subscribe to the show. You can do that through uh, iTunes or Stitcher or your uh, your podcast listening app of choice on your, uh, your smartphone or mobile device, whatever that may be. But uh, definitely subscribe to the show so you never miss anything. Uh, don't want you uh, having any of these beautifully baked knowledge biscuits slipping through the cracks for you. All right, you're awesome, my friends. We will talk to you soon. Peace. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.